This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 724. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 724. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. We are going to talk about finding your edges and sitting in the magic right now. And uh, in full transparency, I'm sitting at an emotional edge right now, (laughs) which is not what this episode is intended to be about. But I recorded for you a really fantastic episode for episode 724 all on this topic. And my computer crashed, my software crashed, the episode recording is somewhere, somewhere in the ether, not to be found anywhere. And so I'm re-recording. And if anyone else does content creation or like creates art in any form, like once you've created something one time, if you have to go recreate it, it's really, really hard. (laughs) It feels like, but I already did the thing and replicating it like I can't do it the exact same way two times in a row. And I use like my best stuff for the day (laughs) the first time. So I'm going to bring you my best, but I'm real annoyed with technology and software. 
I did a training last week with some people, a team, an organization down in Arizona, and I joked that my zone of incompetence where I like am really at my worst self is with technology and software. And when technology and software fail me, I just immediately become a three-year-old. Like I want to lay on the floor and kick and scream and cry and until someone brings me some goldfish crackers or something and like a sippy cup. And so that's it's kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> and even though this crash happened a few hours ago, because I knew I needed to take a break before I came back to re-record, I'm still like on the floor with needing my sippy cup. So I know some of you can relate to this like emotional edge, but it's also it's important to come back and re-record because the message will remain the same, even if it comes out a little differently the second time. And I think sometimes just having to sit through frustration like this is like a good opportunity to just learn to like, let it go. And it's going to be great the second time around and we're going to be fine. And I know that I'm going to say something in this episode. I don't know what it's going to be, but I know I'm going to say something where I'm going to be like, that's why I needed to re-record this, like this It needed to be redone because there was something that wouldn't have made it in the first time, and now it's in. So let's just go with it and see what happens and see what that might be. I'm also, I did a software update, which PS, like I never turn off my computer and don't do software updates, which was why everything crashed on me earlier, uh, because it makes everything change. So I did the software update and now my recording software, it like all looks weird and different. And so I don't know, you're going to like hear me and maybe notice that I'm like clicking on weird things and doing weird things. And I don't know. I mean, at some point I might just randomly start swearing. I promise not to. I will push pause before I start swearing. But I think that it's inevitable that I'm going to start swearing at my computer at some point in this episode, because I don't like it when the interface changes. Like the buttons are different colors and like the font is different in GarageBand, which is what I record in. And it's just all weird and unfamiliar. I like familiarity. So what we're going to talk about today getting past my moment of crankiness here, what we're going to talk about is finding your edges and sitting in the magic. And I am excited to talk about this. This is a really important topic because it's been something that has impacted my life so many times over the course of my life, but over the course of my career in really, really big ways. And I started digging into this a bit last week in last week's episode. And last week I was talking about secret lies and how you can take a secret lie, flip it upside down and turn it into a courageous truth. And when we do that, we are able to find our edges, walk up to our edges and then decide how we are going to sit in those moments where we're on an edge and we're pushing ourselves into new territory that's uncomfortable, unfamiliar, maybe a little sticky, maybe a little messy and find growth on the other side. And that is where the magic happens. And I want to dig into this with you because I think that this is the thing that has benefited me and been like the catalyst for growth and success more than anything else over the last 20 years as I have built multiple businesses, as I have gone really all in on my own strengths, skills, and talents. And I want to invite you to do the same thing. I want you to be able to recognize like I'm up on an edge and I want to sit here and recognize what's happening so that when I get to the other side, I can own the magic there in order to see what happened, why it happened, and how it gives me power in order to move forward and then go to the next edge and really keep building edge upon edge upon edge because that is how we can over time really, really evolve into the people, leaders, moms, women, citizens that we want to become. And I think that's really, really crucial. So I'm going to start with holiday break. So back in December, I had been looking forward to December for many months, many, many months. I was so excited for December because I have gotten really good at setting some boundaries around my calendar in December and taking time off and planning for time off 
and really giving myself some downtime. But that downtime got flipped completely upside down, kind of by a variety of things. Some of them, well, all of them, I did not see coming. Some of them happened across the country. Some of them were like, you know, a whole bunch of different weather related events happened across the country. And I know I was not alone in experiencing some weather upheaval over the holidays where it impacted travel plans. But on top of that, my husband got really sick. He actually was in the hospital the week of Christmas, which flipped our plans a bit. We got lucky. He got better quickly, more quickly than expected. We at one point definitely thought he would be in the hospital over Christmas, which was really sad, also very scary. And then that changed in our favor and he was able to get released and we were able to move forward with our Christmas plans that we thought we were going to have to completely scrap. But as a result of that, Christmas just didn't go as expected. And there was a couple other things that happened where just like rest never came. And this break that I had been looking forward to for months was not a break. (laughs) Like there was no time to rest, no time to recharge. That doesn't mean there wasn't moments of magic. There absolutely were some really, really fantastic and special moments over our holidays. But in full transparency, I landed on January, whatever it was, third or fourth, the day that Vinny went back to school, that Tuesday, the first week of January, like I landed on that day and I was mad. (laughs) I was like, I did not get the break I wanted. I don't feel rested. I don't feel recharged. And I knew I was heading into a really big month work-wise. And that was part of the reason that I struggled in December in that time that I was supposed to be resting and recovering. Not only did my family have some things that kind of flipped our lives upside down, but I was sitting in my anxious energy, thinking about what was to come in January and feeling a little unprepared. And I didn't really have the time or capacity to prepare at the end of December because of other things happening. And so I entered January, just feeling like, oh my goodness, this is a lot. And I knew I had the opportunity to step into some really uncomfortable edges and I didn't know what that was going to look like. And I felt very overwhelmed. And when I get really overwhelmed, my anxious brain takes over. And so I knew that January was going to be this really big month for me in terms of work opportunities. And I was feeling some nerves around that. And I kept telling myself to just relax until January kicked off. But my anxious brain couldn't do that. And if you have an anxious brain, and my anxious brain is literally like diagnosed anxiety that I've had since I was really young, you can't just say like, just relax, just don't worry. Like, that's the worst advice to tell someone who has an anxious brain, because you literally cannot. And it's real maddening if you just try to relax. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things 
things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. So once we got into January and I was actually in the opportunities and in the moments where I got to do the new things, I started to feel way, way better. Because what I know about myself is that when I am up on an edge, I figure things out. But when I'm approaching an edge and I don't know what's coming, that's where things get a little messy for me in my head. And so now that we're in January and I'm in the middle of these opportunities, I'm having a blast. It's been a really, really fantastic month. I'm tired. <laughs> it's been a lot, but it's been really memorable and special and unique. Like there's just been a lot of things that happened in a short amount of time that I you know, I would say like I would hope these things would happen across the whole year and they all kind of happened in the first few weeks of the year, which is a challenge but also a really big gift. There's a ton of momentum in terms of opportunity for professional growth for me that's happened just in this first month of 2023. And that feels really good because I've done a lot of the groundwork and laid the foundation for a lot of these things for like the last year, year and a half. And so what I found in these first few weeks of the new year is I'm running right up to some big uncomfortable edges as I do new things. And I'm really enjoying seeing things come together. And I think that what I'm noticing and what I want to be helpful to you is that when we know that we have big things coming and we don't know how to approach them, or we're feeling that anxiety, or we're feeling nerves around them, I want to be able to give you some tools so that you can feel powerful in those moments. And what I have felt as I've approached the moments and not have it all figured out, but had it coming together, is I've been able to remind myself some really important, powerful things. And so as I have been moving week to week, and I've really kind of had to, because there's been a number of big things happening all at once. I've had to really take it kind of a week at a time and look at like what's most significant and pressing this week and do those things now and trust that like when it's time for the next things for next week, I will be ready to go. And so far that's working. But I've had to remind myself a handful of things. And so I'm going to give you these tips and these like little 
sayings that I've been telling myself that have been working for me because I'm hoping that this will work for you. And my guess is that these things are very true for you, but maybe you haven't given yourself permission to own and honor them. So the first thing I've been telling myself is you're really good at figuring new things out because that's really true. And here's the thing, like, as I was thinking through these tips to give you and kind of noting the things that I tell myself as I get into these hectic, messy, sticky new moments and, and these new edges of growth, I'm thinking through like, what's true for everyone? Like these things I know are true for me, but I don't want to just tell you like what's true for me. I really wanted to be able to give you ideas and thoughts and things that you could make true for you as well. So if I say to myself, I'm good at figuring new things out. And then I say, you can use that too. The reason I know that's true is because this and pretty much everything I'm going to tell you is true if you've endured motherhood. So the truth is, if you've figured out in air quotes, because like to what extent we can actually figure out motherhood is, you know, questionable, but you're good at figuring new things out. And if you have figured out the new things that you need to figure out as you navigate every single day of motherhood, like you're good at figuring new things out. That might not be something that you would have owned prior to motherhood, but you have to figure out new things really fast in motherhood. Like it literally starts the moment that baby is in your arms and you're like, well, I guess I have to figure out how to keep it alive. And like you all know that first day after a new baby, you're just like, holy cow, like everything is different all of a sudden, no matter how much you've prepared, everything is different and you have to figure out a lot of new things. And so I know that you've done that no matter where you're at in motherhood, And how can you allow that to translate into other places and spaces as you're approaching new edges of discomfort? So I've told myself over and over again this month, as I've approached like my biggest virtual keynote where I had over 400 people online listening in, following along, as I've approached doing a new um, consulting opportunity with a company, talking about workplace allyship, as I have been leading new opportunities to do some training with a public health department down in Arizona, like as I've opened up enrollment for all of you and like walked you through the plan of prep pajama party, all of these edges, some of which are familiar as we've opened enrollment to the academy and the plan and prep pajama party, which I've done before. All of those are still edges as I'm like doing them repeatedly year over year after year, like wanting to do my best. And then the things that are brand new are definitely new edges. And so I'm telling myself, you're really good at figuring out new things. And that's true because I've figured out a lot of new things in my lifetime. And you have too. The second thing I remind myself is that it feels really great to challenge yourself by finding new edges. And so sometimes we shy away from finding new edges. And so we see an opportunity to do something new or different. And we're like, no, thanks. (laughs) Like, I'll leave that for someone else. But I want you to think about the times when you have found a new edge and you've walked toward it and you've sat in that uncomfortable, sticky place and maybe it's gotten really messy. How has it felt on the other side of it to have walked through that edge? Because it feels really great, I think, even if it's been fumbly and messy, and even if there's been opportunities to sit in failure and take the lessons from failure, that that challenge can feel pretty great to navigate. Now, that doesn't mean failure feels great, but if you can sit in failure and like rectify that, that actually can be a really fantastic strength. So reminding myself, it feels really great to challenge yourself by finding new edges. And this is whether it's professional, whether it's personal, this is something I found over and over again when I was doing ski classes. I would get so mad at my teacher for making us try new things. And I literally like, I was the student in every class that was like, can we just do the runs that we already know? Like every single week for years. (laughs) My poor teacher who I had for multiple years, I'm sure was like, oh my God, can we just get some new students in this class? Can Sarah please graduate herself? But I had to really remind myself that while I never loved a new run, 
if I tried it multiple times, I actually started to enjoy it. And then I started to build confidence and competence and it actually started to feel good. And that over time felt really, really fantastic. And so what I've learned, whether it's personal or professional, is that like being in those sticky places, even if sometimes when you're in them, you're like, I'm not liking this one single bit, (laughs) that it can feel really great on the other side of it. And then the last thing I was reminding myself and have been reminding myself over and over again is that the high that comes after reaching a new edge is the best. It's a really, really good feeling. So two years ago in ski class, my ski teacher took us on a black diamond run for the first time, and he didn't give us any advance notice. And so we went up a chairlift that we'd been at many times. I was with my friend, Melissa. We're kind of in the back of the class talking, chatting as the chatty Kathy of the class. I'm like not paying any attention to where we're going because I'm like, we've been up the chairlift a million times. We've been down this little path a million times, but all of a sudden we were on the edge of a new cliff that I had never seen before. And I stopped dead in my tracks and started yelling at my teacher. And he's like, we're just going to try it and see what happens. And I was immediately like, my legs started shaking because my legs very literally, when I would get scared in ski lessons, my legs would start shaking, which made me really mad because I could not control it. And they would be trembling beneath me. And then I felt like I really could not control myself physically, which made the fear way worse when I felt like my legs were trembling beneath me on scary terrain that felt like more steep and longer and had like just harder terrain in general. And so my teacher takes us to this terrain. I look down, it looks like we're on the edge of a cliff. And he's like, we're just going to try a few turns. Well, I'm like, okay, but like, once you try a few turns, like there's no turning back, you have to get all the way to the bottom, right? Like, you're not, I guess you could try to hike back up. But that seemed as impossible as going all the way down. And so I was very mad. And everyone in the class pretty quickly gets ahead of me. And I am taking my very slow and sweet time. And I'm livid with my teacher that he didn't give us advance warning, that he didn't ask us if we wanted to do this. Like I felt like I hadn't given consent. As I'm taking turns, every time I would do a turn and be quite certain that I would die as the turn was happening, because I felt like I would lose control every time I took a turn. And by turn, I mean like just turning the angle of my skis, not like turning somewhere new on the path, but just turning my skis instead of facing the mountain one way, I'd face the mountain the other way in order to get myself down as slowly as in control and as in control as possible. So the mistake that I made is that every time I would take a turn, I would stop and look down and notice how I had so much further to go, which was really, really defeating to me. But I got a certain ways down, probably like two thirds down. And I had this realization that I am hating every minute of this. And that realization wasn't new. Like I was hating every minute from the very beginning. And I very clearly knew that from the very beginning. But I thought I'm hating every moment of this, like with every fiber of my being. And it was two thirds of the way down that the and hit. And I know I'm going to be really glad I did this when I get to the bottom. And so as much as I was hating it, I really was able to embrace that for the last third, probably because I actually could like see some hope that I was actually maybe going to make it to the bottom alive. And by the time I got to the bottom, I was really, really glad that I did it. I was still really mad at my teacher. There was still a lot of screaming and swearing that happened. I was, you know, very sure that I would never forgive him, but I was really glad I did it. And at the end of that, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go tell Vinny that I did my first black diamond today. Now, Vinny, mind you, (laughs) I've been doing black diamonds for like two years at this point. (laughs) He would have been eight at the time. <laughs> like literally, I think had been doing black diamonds for two years. But I was so excited to go tell him and so proud that I did it and that I survived it. I never wanted to do it again. 
although I did do it again and I have done it again, but I was really, really proud that I did it. And that high that comes after reaching the edge, it's a really great high. Even if you're like, yep, never want to do that again. Like when I ran my first and only marathon, I was really, really glad that I did it. So glad I could cross that off the list. So glad I can say I did that. Never want to do it again, but I'm really glad that I did it. And oftentimes what I've found in so many edges beyond those two things is that often I'm like, holy cow, I totally want to do that again. And that's how I've built my career is trying new things and then being like, that was amazing. The first time I taught a spin class, oh my gosh, I was so nervous. I was like, I'm not more qualified than any of these like super athletes in this class to be teaching this class. And then I did it and it was so fun and I loved it so much and I saw other people having fun. And I was like, I want to do that again, 1 million times. And I did do that again, 1 million times. Same thing with like the first time I taught a boot camp class, the first time I recorded a podcast, the first time I spoke in person on a stage, the first time I hosted a live event, the first time I got to do a big online event once COVID hit, like all those things. As soon as I got done, I was like, when do we do it again? That was amazing. And as I am stretching myself and walking to new edges professionally over and over again, especially this month, I'm really embracing that that high that comes after reaching a new edge is, is a really, really great feeling. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. 
Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. So if I can walk into a month that feels like lots of big, huge, overwhelming things and recognize in advance, I'm good at figuring things out. It feels great to challenge myself by finding new professional edges and the high that comes after reaching a new edge is the best. Oh my goodness, it only can make for an amazing month. And I will say that this month, while really busy and hectic and full, and I'm very much looking forward to February, which is less full, has been a really fantastic month because I've gone up to edges over and over again and walked right up to them and been like, this is uncomfortable and sticky and it's not going to be perfect how I show up right now. And I know that it's still going to be fantastic, even in that uncomfortable, sticky discomfort and maybe sometimes imperfect mess as I'm walking right through it. This happened when I was starting working with the Parent Association with Vinny's school. I felt nervous for months leading up to this because my anxious brain again, and I felt like I didn't quite know what I was walking into and I didn't know, I hadn't ever done anything. Like I'd never chaired or co-chaired anything. I'd never had to collaborate really closely with a peer, with another parent. And I've never had to lead my peers in that way before, which definitely felt more daunting than leading all of you, if I'm being honest. And so I felt I spent a number of months leading up to that feeling really nervous. And as soon as I got to the edge, as soon as the role actually began, I was like, oh, I got this. I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know how the next two years of this term of co-chairing the Parent Association are going to turn out. But now that I'm in it, I have a level of confidence like I can figure out whatever comes my way. And I know who to talk to and I know who's on my side. And I know like I know I can do this. And I know that I can admit that I don't know what I'm doing in certain situations and circumstances and say like, hey, like give me feedback and let like please help me as I'm figuring this out. So I know I have this anxious brain and I know that I excel in worrying about things before they happen. Sometimes the worry that exists for months before an event or a life situation can take a lot out of me. And I've done a lot of work to minimize that worry, but it still can definitely creep in. And so I've had to remind myself how good challenges feel to me because I also know that I love the feeling of achievement. And I know that that's true for so many of you listening to this episode, that you love that feeling of achievement even if you carry that kind of nervousness beforehand. And I don't like the feelings of worry that sometimes can be dread for me with my anxiety that precipitates some of the best moments of my life. And so I've had to learn how to carry certain techniques with me to mitigate the worry so that I don't have to sit in total anxiety as I'm leading up to an edge, but instead I can walk in confidence leading up to that edge. So this is something I've been practicing this month over and over again, is recognizing that I do well figuring things out. I do well with short timelines. I do well when I don't have too much time. In fact, I was just talking with someone about this the other day, that if you give me a really long deadline, I will 
work and rework the thing over and over and over again. And if you give me a short deadline, I will come up with something pretty fantastic real fast and it'll be great. But if I have too much time, I'm just like working and reworking and overworking the whole thing. And it often doesn't work out in my favor. So recognizing that when I have a lot of things going on is often when I do my best work is actually helpful to me. And then reminding myself that over and over again. And I think sometimes we sit in overwhelm instead of reminding ourselves that you only need to worry about what's on your plate this week or today. And everything else you will figure out when you need to figure it out. And I know that sometimes I don't give myself permission to do that because I sit in the overwhelm instead. And so I want to invite you to, instead of looking at the 20 things, look at the two things for this week. Think about the things that matter most right now, rather than looking at all the things for the next six months. As you do that, as you approach an edge, I want to then invite you to sit right in it because that's where the magic is. So when you're at that new edge, whether you have just gotten down that first black diamond run or you've had that first time on stage or you've had that first time being, you know, having a review after something that you've done at your work or that first time after having a really uncomfortable conversation with a loved one, I want you to think about how did it feel to speak your truth? How did it feel to stand in your strengths? How did it feel to do the thing that was really hard, even if it was really messy? Because even if it felt awkward or uncomfortable and really fumbly, it might have also felt powerful. It might have also felt exciting. It might have also felt exhilarating. It might have also felt like a sense of knowing that like I was meant to be here or I deserve to be here. There might have been a sense of capability that felt really good. The next question to ask yourself when you're sitting right at that edge is, how did you use your skills, gifts, talents to accomplish what you wanted to accomplish? Sometimes we minimize and diminish our outcomes by saying things like, oh, I was just the right place at the right time, or like everything just came together and it happened to work out. When in reality, when we work up to an edge and it works out in our favor, it's because we leverage our strengths, our gifts, our talents. Now, sometimes there might be a little luck involved, but it's often, and in addition to the luck, it's leveraging your strengths, your talents, and your gifts. And if you can own that, then you get to carry those strengths, talents, and gifts to the next edge. So how did you use your skills, strengths, talents, and gifts as you were sitting at that edge to get what you wanted to get? And then lastly, what does this accomplishment tell you about yourself and the person that you're becoming? That's the really important part. So something that I've really recognized about myself this month, what does this tell me about the person I'm becoming? I've laid a lot of groundwork over the last two years to make some of the things that happened in the month of January happen. And what this tells me about myself is that I have laid the groundwork to do a whole lot of things in 2023 and that January is just the beginning. And this also tells me that I need to be more freaking patient because I was impatient so many times in 2022, feeling like things weren't coming together at the pace that I wanted them to. And the things and the opportunities that have unfolded in the first month of 2023 have really shown me that I needed that time to lay the groundwork in 2022 in order to show up the ways that I've shown up and have the sense of ease and accomplishment and confidence in these situations that I've had overlapping each other in January of 2023. I couldn't have handled all the stuff that I handled this month in January of 2022. I would have really, really freaked out. (laughs) And so to be able to walk up to these edges really consecutively this month and have great outcomes, it's because I put in the time and laid the groundwork. And that matters for something. And so I'm now carrying that with me. Now I have this foundation of being able to have my hands in different buckets 
of significance, like significantly different buckets that are all significant in their own ways that all carry a lot of weight in terms of the work that I do in the world and being able to have my hands in all these buckets in the same month, sometimes in the same week this month and show up in really, really great ways in order to do the things that I want to do to a really high level. I often talk to you about looking for past evidence to qualify yourself. And so sometimes it is looking back at like, what have I already done that proves that I'm capable in this moment? And I also want to invite you, my speaking coach, Alexia Vernon, who's phenomenal, and you can go follow her on social media platforms. Alexia Vernon gave some really great advice recently around what she wants you to do with evidence. And so I always say, look back and collect evidence of where you've already proven you're capable of this thing. And she says, go collect new evidence as fast as possible. So where can you find that edge where you're like, oh my gosh, I want to go do this new thing, or I'm approaching this new thing and I'm feeling really scared. How can you immediately take a step? And I just snapped to my fingers. How can you immediately take a small step in that direction? Have a small win and recognize, okay, I'm qualified and capable and competent to take the next step after that. Because all it takes is that one little piece of evidence, like, yep, that worked. And now I'm going to keep going to make a really big difference. So if you can jointly take both of those things, like I'm taking this evidence from the past and I'm creating new evidence in the moment, holy cow, the momentum that you can have as you approach these edges in order to stand at multiple edges and feel like I can do this, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's sticky, even if it's messy, and I can sit in the discomfort and I can find that edge and I can reach a new stage or phase of growth and accomplish something I haven't accomplished before and realize that I'm capable and qualified and ready to be here and own and honor that in that moment, so much magic is right there. So next episode on Wednesday, I'm going to be talking with Monica Packer. She's coming back to the show. And oh my goodness, we have a really, really powerful conversation that actually piggybacks very well off of this conversation. So make sure you come back on Wednesday for my conversation with Monica Packer. Thank you for being here today for this conversation as I recorded it the second time. I think it might've been better the second time. So I don't know. (laughs) Let me know what popped out to you. I would love to hear from you on social media as always. Thank you for being here. And I will see you on Wednesday when I'm back with Monica Packer. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.
No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.